what makes the good life the good life. This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us as we explore the hidden gems of rural life, the growing entrepreneurial opportunities, and share some of the most interesting stories you may not have heard. Venture to all four corners of York County as we chat with some of the best people the heartland has to offer. Because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County. Today, I am joined here by Christy Lonis. Christy is currently the Assistant Professor of History here at York College. Um, not only is she a professor, but she's also a wife, a mother, a council member, a volunteer, a church member, and so much more. Uh, she was uh, one of the inaugural re- recipients of the York County Development Corporation Impact Award. Um, I am excited to get to know Christy and her journey to York County um, and her experience here uh, thus far. Uh, so without further ado, I welcome Christy to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Christy Lonitz. I actually grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. We lived there the majority of my life, and I even went to college there and it was a pretty good life. I went to the local public schools, had really good experiences with those, but they were much larger schools. I think about that in contrast to my children who are 10 and 11, and they go to public schools, and I felt like I got lost in a sea of people. How big is Montgomery? Oh, Montgomery is probably comparable to Lincoln, I would say. Um, I should look that up, because I've had people ask me that before. I would say it's more than a quarter million, but how much more, I really don't know. <laughs> it's not a million people or no, anything No, like no, no, no. Okay. Uh, but a good-sized city, uh, good place to grow up, I think, but I definitely find myself, even this morning, I was thinking about the contrast of Montgomery to here, mm-hmm. and how, after living here for so long, raising children here, I really can't imagine going back to a big city. The safety of a town like this, I feel like if I moved to a big city, I, I'm already a warrior. <laughs> to put my kids somewhere where I constantly wondered, are they safe? Are they taken care of? Are they loved? Are they protected? I can't even imagine. And here, all those questions are automa- automatically answered for me every single day. Like, Very reassuring to be yes. able to know that, you yes. know, if your kid wants to go three blocks down yes. to a friend's house, you can go. Yes. You know, I know you'll get there and everything like I that. Don't worry about those yep. things. There are so many opportunities around here that I don't know that I would have even dreamed up somewhere else. Mm -hmm. The opportunities of just our public schools, it's kind of crazy to me. I thought about it this morning. I think I know almost every single teacher at the elementary school. Not that my kids have had them all, but just through opportunities to meet Mm -hmm. them, be there, be a part of it. I know quite a few at the middle school. I don't know that that would be possible in a bigger city or a bigger school system. Mm -hmm. When you get those hundred teachers in a school or something like that. And they care. I mean, like, it's real concern and and love and interest in my kids. It's crazy. And I just, sometimes, I don't consider myself a big crier, but sometimes I catch myself choking up thinking, they really care. Chris Friesen and Bradley are incredible. And everyone else there, you know, I don't know as many anymore because all my teachers have gone and gone. (laughs) But um, yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then you throw in, my kids have been a part of the Parks and Rec program Mm -hmm. since, well, pretty much since they could be in. Since they got it. Yep. Yes. <laughs> as soon as they could start. And my connection to them has been so important. The opportunities they offer my kids and, and all the other kids. Mm-hmm. I, 
again, I couldn't have dreamed it up somewhere else. Right, in towns, but you wouldn't think that, you know, this, yes. this you know, that happened maybe in Lincoln or something like yes. that. Yeah. And it's so affordable. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the other part of it is, I mean, we're, we, are, we live on a tight budget. We, mm-hmm. we work because we love this place. Sometimes that is, you know, that's kind of the, the part of it. But the kids, they can go and do as many of these camps as they want, whatever they're interested in. I know they're safe. I know they're taken care of. I know they're learning something, mm-hmm. and they're having a great time. Right. You can drop them off and not worry yes. about, you know, is something going to happen? Do I need to worry? Yeah. I, and I probably know every one of them mm-hmm. that work there in some way. And again, I think a big city, I would never get that. And then those other parents that come too, you start to get to know them and build relationships that way. Yeah, it's insane. Mm -hmm. It's so wonderful. So talk to me a little bit about, um, it looks like you had your undergrad at Faulkner University. I did. So tell me a little bit about Faulkner University and how you kind of chose to stay in Alabama for that. Okay. Uh, Faulkner was local for me. I grew up in Montgomery. Faulkner is in Montgomery. Had the most amazing experience, which is largely what drew me to York. Uh, small Christian liberal arts school. How big of a... Oh, at that point, it was very similar to York. Uh, Faulkner was probably about 500 students at okay. that point. Now, they had a really large adult program, big city. They had those right. opportunities. Yep. Mm-hmm. But as far as the traditional the population, mm-hmm. yeah, 500 people. I really do translate a lot of that here, that you get the feeling like this could be my home. This could be the right place. And that feeling of connectedness is something that... When you know it, you know it. Mm-hmm. And it just makes that decision so much easier. I my, met my husband there. He was in school there. He's from North Alabama. How did you land on history? Where did that love of history come from? Were you always kind of like a history buff growing you know, up? or was? I'll blame slash credit <laughs> my high school history teacher. His name was Coach Vendevender. Vendevender. Sorry, too many syllables for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically people speak ill of their high school teacher who's a football coach. I had the complete opposite experience. He was so passionate about it. He had served in the Vietnam War, and so he brought that passion and that experience to he the classroom. He could bring it to life, yeah. He absolutely did. And for me, that was kind of the first time I remember going, hey, this is really interesting, and it can be interesting for other people. And I just, I connected to him, but I connected to the material in a way that I thought, this is pretty cool. So your journey to York, as we're talking a little bit about more, so how did you make the decision to leave Alabama to come up to York, Nebraska. You know, how did York land on your map? And well, um, I we've not really hit on this yet. I'm a woman of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've mentioned church, but I'm a woman of faith, and I and I have mentioned this whole sense that something's changing. We hit that point of something's changing. We we know something needs to change. Not like something was bad, but just something felt like it needed to change, and. My husband was in his law practice. He was enjoying it, but there was sort of, we felt there was this hole that he was doing this great work, but there was not this connection to it. Mm-hmm. Like he felt like he was doing something that was meaningful. meaningful. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's helping these people that need help, but but at the end of the day. He wasn't getting the reward that maybe he was yes, hoping. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was working for this department store, so there really wasn't that feeling either. Yep. So we started talking about, well, what would fill that need, that mm-hmm. hole? Mm-hmm. And we both kind of went back to, we miss working in Christian education. But we knew the president at the time, Wayne Baker, of the college. Yep. 
he had been in Montgomery for years. He had been at Faulkner. Uh, he'd been at the church that I grew up going to. And so I called him basically as a friend and just based and said, this is kind of what's going on in our lives. Nothing's wrong, but we're just kind of open to an opportunity. We have kids. Yep. There was nothing we're open really to change. We're yep. open. Yep. And I was calling him for friendly advice. And the whole conversation was, well, we have these positions at York. And I kept saying, no, no, no. I, like, I didn't want him to feel like that's why I called. I'm not calling you for a job. No. I want to talk with you. Yeah, yeah. But that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, he was, he told, he asked a couple of questions and he said, okay, why don't you check out our website? Which at that point was super primitive, white screen. It's like probably pretty basic. I wish I'd taken a picture of About it. About what now. year was this? This was. Uh, 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 we moved in 04, so it would have probably okay. been in January of 04. Okay. And so we looked at it, and both of us were sort of like, okay, but whatever. I don't, this probably won't be it. It doesn't shock me, just based off the first impression. Yeah, nah, whatever. Yeah. We'll see what happens. And actually, I had visited York probably four years before. The Christian schools, there's a handful of them that are all connected through the churches across. Churches, yep. Mm-hmm. And so the admissions offices, they would get together at one of the different schools. I've been to Abilene, which is down in Texas. Yep. I've been to Lubbock down in Texas. York. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple others. But anyway, I'd been to York shortly after they acquired SAC Hall. Okay. Yep. So they took us on the tour of this old elementary school, and I thought, oh, my goodness. How in the world? And we stayed out at uh, the Comfort Inn. Out by the interstate, and at that point, there was just corn on all three sides except for the one side <laughs> of the road. And I called my husband back then, we called from the hotel to telephone. Yep. <laughs> I called him, and was like, I do not know how they get people to come here. It's nothing but corn. Nothing but corn. <laughs> and so I really had to eat a lot of words when we actually applied, and then we came up to visit. And, and I had that moment of, Oh, I can see us here. Mm-hmm. This, this, this feels like it could be home. The roads were blazed directly to York College. That's sort of my joke, that God blazed a direct path to York College. There was not another, like, oh, but maybe consider this. Mm -hmm. Or if there was, I totally missed it because I saw this is what God's put in front of us. And so when we interviewed, we had a great time. Uh, We came up in, it seemed like it was April of 04. And so it was kind of towards the end of the school year. And it wasn't snowy. It was a little drizzly, but otherwise it was it was nice. I was like, well, this isn't too bad. Of course, in my head, I'm thinking snow. It's got to be terribly snowy. No, no problem at all. Mm-hmm. This was a great visit, and uh, it took my husband a few days after we got back to finally say, okay, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I think he was. it was hard to wrap his mind around. I had at least been here. Mm-hmm. I had been... Uh, You've met the people. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had already started working through it, so it took him a couple of days after we got back, and he was like, all right, I think you're right. We can do this. And so we moved up here in June of 04. And I tell people, hopefully my parents or his parents don't take offense to this. I didn't cry. I waved like, <laughs> love y'all. See you at Christmas kind of thing. And so you came as an admission, admissions here? No, actually oh, no. I came here as a student activities director. Okay. I did not want to do admissions. Didn't my first thought, do- no. I was like, I've done that. This is fine. And I actually loved that. I had an opportunity to get to know students, and I got to do the fun part. Yeah. Like, this is why you came to York. Now I get to do that part yep. with you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And my husband worked in advancement, which they raised money, and his job was the legal part of it. Let me talk to you about uh, 
putting your college in your will kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. He's going to really appreciate the, how the I... The big foundation type stuff. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. And so we did that. I was in student activities for a little over a year, and then President Baker called me and said... I'd really like you to consider helping us out in admissions. They've gone through a little bit of change, and he was like, why don't you come in, and you've got the experience. Kind of, I think he sort of pitched it in a weird way of not completing my career, but you did five years as a counselor. Why don't you come in and essentially do the management part Mm -hmm. of it? And I guess I felt flattered. I don't know, because I said yes. (laughs) And I did that for a couple of years. I really did love it, mm-hmm. but I ended up leaving because I was pregnant. And in my head, I thought to do this job right, you can't have a kid. I can't. Yeah. Now, granted, people do that with children all the time. I just know my personality. Person, yeah, personally no speaking, way. yeah. Mm-hmm. No way. It's not an eight to five job. Uh, you need to be flexible. You. My role always in any type of managerial position was I'll show you how to do it. It was never you go do this. Here's your checklist. My approach was I'm going to do it side by side with you. Mm-hmm. And I did not know how I could do that with a newborn. Mm-hmm. And so I left. And about that time is when I had decided to start graduate studies finally. And the school said, well, what if you um, adjuncted some classes while I was finishing Did you do your uh, master's here? I actually did it at Fort Hayes. Fort Hayes, okay. Was that online? Yes. Okay. It was a wonderful program. So finished that, and about a year, maybe not quite, after I finished, no, I don't think it was quite a year, they offered me a full-time teaching position. By that point, I'd been teaching some classes. I was going to say, what, what kind of classes did you teach as an adjunct? Adjunct? Adjunct, okay. yes. Uh, I taught some lower level history classes and I taught, we do this thing called freshman seminar. Mm-hmm. I think some places call it freshman uh, experience or something. Something like, like that. that, yeah. I took a couple of those through the business college at oh, UNL okay. and things okay. like that, yeah. Yeah, so I, t- I taught those. And again, for me, it sort of was the best of all my worlds that I'm getting to interact with these students. I'm getting to hopefully impact their experience here in a way that will make them. Yorkies for life, I guess. (laughs) So it just, when it all came to completion that, okay, now we would like you to come do this full time. My kids were in a good spot. They were older. Well, older-ish. They were walking. They were walking. (laughs) That's right. We were in a place that, yeah, this, this would be amazing. And again, never looked back. It's been a wonderful experience for me. I can't I really do feel like, okay, I've finally gotten to do what I want to do as an adult. <laughs> I've grown up. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Talk a little bit about your current role and what um, what you currently teach, the okay. different subjects, and maybe what, what's your like favorite subject that, oh, you, get to, that you get to cover? Um, I teach two freshman-level classes, the classes that all the freshmen have to teach. They're, it's called U.S. Survey. We teach the first half of it runs from what we call prehistory, meaning it's not written or anything like that, all the way up to and through the Civil War. And then the second semester, so in January, I'll pick up at Reconstruction, and I'll move as close to today as possible. And I do really enjoy that class. It's it's a ton of students. They're freshmen. They have to take it, which is sometimes a bummer because right. they'll come in with this, I hate history. And I tell them, my goal is to convert one of you. Yep. That if one I, of you is going to leave. I can turn one of you. I, and I, gonna... I feel like I can oh, yeah. because I do have this weird little passion that some of them think is just hysterical. And some of them are like, okay, I, I get it now. I, I see why you're so excited. So I teach two sections of that every semester, and then 
So this semester I taught something, it's called Modern U.S. History. We get, it's essentially the same version of the, the survey class, except for that it's a smaller section of time. So I picked up at just on the other side of Reconstruction, and I moved all the way through the Great Depression. So we stopped right before the Second World War. Mm -hmm. And we basically can spend more time on individual topics instead of me just running through the material. Glossing over the high-level yes. stuff. Yeah. And I try. I don't know that I'm really good about this, but I ask them at the beginning of every semester, like, you tell me, like, what's something in this section of time that you don't really know anything about and you really wish you did? And so I'll try to kind of hit those parts a little better because mm -hmm. I have time. It's an upper division class, so juniors and seniors typically in it. And we really can spend some time talking about it. And then we'll finish it up next semester, basically the other side of that, World War II, all the way to current. I love that class because I get to talk about uh, civil rights movement. Being from Montgomery, big, it, yeah, yeah, big part of that history. It is. Yeah. It's so huge to me. It's such a big part of, I think, my legacy. And, and when I first really started teaching here, I had some students that were really conflicted about, you're from where? Kind of this idea of, am I supposed to like you? Yeah. <laughs> Is this yep. okay? <laughs> yep. And I... That Southern, yeah, yes, yeah. I, but I get it. Nope. I really do. Mm -hmm. And so there's sort of this legacy that I recognize I have to overcome that. And you can either decide that, no, you're okay, or you You can hold your bias. You yeah. can. Yeah. And you know what? We all do that. Right. To some degree. I don't love it, but it is where Those it natural is. biases, it yeah, is. they yeah. exist. Matter of fact, I've had a student ask me before, um, is history biased? No, history's not biased, but I am, and you are. Mm -hmm. And as much as I might not want to teach with a bias, I come in with a bias. Mm -hmm. I come in trying to prove to you that... I am not what you think all Southerners are. Not everyone down there was like that. <laughs> and and that's that's quite the obstacle, as you might imagine, mm -hmm. sometimes. But hopefully as time moves on, that gets a little easier. But I probably my favorite class to teach, I've only taught it twice now. I pitched a class three years ago. I asked if I could teach a class, African American history. I didn't know if that would go. Uh, it was one of those things that I was just hopeful that they would say, that sounds like a great idea. And I would imagine what I've been told anyway is that it was record time, that they approved that course and said yes. So I submitted a proposal, asked them, I'd done a lot of research on textbooks, trying to figure out, okay, if I got Pretty to teach long. it, yeah. here it is. I mm -hmm. tried to give them as complete a picture as I could. Mm -hmm. They turned it around to me within two or three days, I can't remember, and said, yes, go for Let's it. Let's run with it, yeah. And that has been, on so many levels, I, I suppose the ultimate one is professionally, that feels like kind of a dream control, true. Uh, this this Southern woman from Montgomery, Alabama, gets to teach this class uh, that really does speak to a group that largely has been marginalized up until this point. And we're starting to have more people willing to say, hey, let's talk about this. But I, I just really wanted to be able to share more. And that first time I taught it, it's been uh, three years now. I, I think I taught it this semester following the approval. It was pretty quick. That first semester, I I was giddy. I feel like almost the whole semester, I was like, I get to do what I want to do, and there's not enough time. I want a, I want a whole year kind of thing. Right. Um, but I found myself saying, I don't know a lot, because they ask these deep, important, thoughtful questions, and I said it every time, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. I'll get you that answer. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't want to ever come across as a person 
no matter part, doesn't matter what part of my life, that always thinks she has the answers. Mm -hmm. And that semester, I was very humbled. I got to say, I don't know a lot, but I just, I love that class. And I also teach American government, which works out very nicely for uh, my side gig. (laughs) And um, I also teach a class that I teach every fall. It's called cultural geography and this one is it's not historic but it's definitely one where we get to talk about what do different cultures look like we get to talk about what the government in that other culture might look like we get to talk about religion in other cultures looks like all these sort of things and my goal and I tell them this but I don't harp on it it's just sort of a personal goal for me is by the end of the semester it's not their common vernacular to see somebody else or hear about some other culture and go oh that's weird my goal is for them to go, oh, that's that's different. That's yep, interesting. That's different. Mm-hmm. Because there is a difference. Mm-hmm. And if we automatically go, oh, that's weird, we're, we're saying, I'm not interested. I don't want to ever do that. Yeah. Yes. That's not, yeah. And that's that's just really close-minded to yes. me. Mm-hmm. And what if we could just learn something from them? You don't have to change what you do. No. But you can learn from You can from appreciate them. from yes. a distance. Yeah. So that's sort of my little side goal, I guess, for myself, that we kind of take that out of the vernacular. And that's hard because we talk about some really interesting Mm -hmm. things. That's a hard thing to change. Yeah. I was a history minor while I was in college. And so, like, I took all... What drew you to that? um, Gosh, I don't know. I took a couple (laughs) of history classes and then it's just, you know, I I started enjoying it. Yeah. So... It's so amazing. I always tell my students, like, who was the first guy that said, you know what, I'm going to get on this, in, in this steel box, and they're going to shoot me to the top of the building. I'm in. Let me do it. Or let me go down into the earth and get on this thing they're calling a subway and let it shoot shoot me across town. Who does that? Not me. No. I'm not that adventurous. I'd be like, no, you can go first. Thank you. I wouldn't be first no. in line. So we'll talk a little bit more about your involvement here okay. in York. Okay. So you just had your York College Cultural Geography. Yes. Fair. Tell me a little bit how you came up with that idea okay. and how it's grown over the okay. years. Um, this class that I teach, that cultural geography class, we need some way to kind of encapsulate what we're learning. And I had seen something like it many years ago. And essentially the best way I know to explain it to people who've not ever been there is picture a science fair, but instead of projects being on every table, it's a country. And the class, I tell them to group up into three or four, and I give them a list of things. You've got to write a paper that's on a college level, so that's for me. Mm-hmm. You've got to uh, find a native game from that particular country. You've got to find a food that's from that particular country. You've got to find dress. All these different components mm-hmm. to create something that kids, largely elementary school kids, can come in and experience a different segment of our world population in an hour and they come in these kiddos come in and they go table to table I give them a little miniature it's a fake passport Mm. where at every table they have stickers I can't afford I have never been able to find the right stamps uh but they have have stickers yes I know it's on my list um But they get uh, stickers at every single table, and they put it in their passport. And so they get to go experience food if they want. Um, I don't try to push it too hard, although kids, I know my son is a picky eater. He says he's a picky eater. And so I try to tell them, unless you're allergic, try it. Mm -hmm. Just just see, because how do we know unless we try it? And you may not like it. That's fine. Um, But they have games. So one of the countries this year was Australia. And they made a cake 
it really does just looks like a white cake with coconut all over it, but I think it's called a lamington, and they made that. They said the kids loved it. Of course, it's cake. Yep. Why wouldn't they? Everybody loves cake. And then their game was something called Toss the Thong, and when they first said it to me, I kind of did the little head cock, <laughs> like, say what? Um, and I forget that... In, other places, a thong is a flip-flop. Right. So they did that, and it was a doable game for kids, that mm-hmm. they could actually do it. Yep. And they loved it. And the, the students that ran that particular table, they wore kind of an Outback-type shirt. They kind Steve of, Irwin. Yes, yes, thing. yes. Yeah. <laughs> they were great. And they... For me, it's always a challenge because I'll have some student that's like, well, I don't really like kids. Too bad. Yeah. You're going to fake it today. Yeah, yep. You're going to love kids. For two or three hours, yeah, you can pretend to... You yeah. can do it. Yeah. And they do. They mm-hmm. really, really do. Um, I'm always so pleased. I'm not surprised. I'm just pleased at how well they step up to that challenge. Mm-hmm. And so we bring these these elementary school kids. I'm so grateful. All these different schools from around York, they bust their kids in. So they have to go through the process of getting transportation yes. approved. They've got to get that time out of school approved. Many of them probably do some sort of permission slip. Mm-hmm. They're doing all that because they find value mm-hmm. in the program or in me. I don't even I don't even know if they're at this point they're just going, we trust her, it's fine. But they come from all around as far as Exeter had that group, and then from Hampton as well, Mm -hmm. had two schools from Hampton, Hampton Elementary and then Hampton Christian both came, and I just don't take that for granted. No. They, they really, they, they take the time out to do it, the teachers really do love it, the kids love it, as they leave, I'm always asking, okay, what was your favorite? This year, I had a team that covered North Korea. Uh, Interesting. They picked. They picked. And so uh, a big food, I will not try to pronounce it in North Korean, is essentially ice cream with fruit on it. And when they told me that's what they were doing, I was like, well, you're going to have a favorite People are going to love that. They and the kids loved it. They're only supposed to give them a taste, but they, I think a few kids went back a few times. So (laughs) Round two, please. Yes, yes. And it's just, it's so much fun. By the end of it, I am truly exhausted. It is a a crazy day, and I'm not even doing what they do. How long of a day is it? It's actually not very long. Okay. It runs from 8.30 to 9.45. Okay. And it's over in uh, the Campbell Center. So Mm -hmm. there's plenty of room. It's sort of like a activity center, gym type thing, and they're set up there, and we have to be done at 945 because we have chapel at 10, yep. and so it kind of works out perfect. The kiddos leave about 945. The York College students are coming in about 945. And they get an experience. They get to get a little okay, bit of cool. experience as well. It's it's just such a great day. That's <laughs> awesome really that is. the whole campus gets yes. to experience it as yes. well. That's yes, I'm always pleased. For sure, for sure, and then you also have a YES at York College night? How did that kind of get started? Well, I have been the chaplain of the York College volleyball team for, I was trying to remember this the other day, five or six years maybe? I should know that. I don't, but I can't remember. And it's kind of always been in my mind that I don't want to just be the chaplain. Uh, And again, it's hard to even describe what that is. My job is I go in on game days and I pray with the team I'm just available Mm -hmm. if they need something Uh, I'm not the Bible thumper that tells them you better get yourself together kind of thing but I do try to just somehow be there encourage them through uh, scripture and everything yes Yes. any way I can to be an encouragement to them is great well it's always been in my head that for me such a big part of what we can do here is to be of service to others 
And for some, that's a very foreign concept. And that's not passing judgment, it's just a reality. Mm -hmm. There's not opportunities, it's not really a priority. And so I asked when Coach Nething came on board, which she just finished her second season, I said, I kind of have this vision. And she basically said, run with it. Whatever you want to do, I'm in. She too has kids in the elementary and middle school. And so I, since I had enough of a relationship with Chris Friesen and with Brad Luce, I basically just targeted them, I guess, and just said, hey, can you can you let me do this? Can mm-hmm. we do something? And so the very first year, which was last, not this fall, but the last fall, we went in and we painted, well, I shouldn't say painted, in the bathrooms, they've got these painted stalls, and then we put inspirational phrases. Like vinyl? Yes, 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 the lettering, yes. And so we did that on all of the school bathroom doors. We had a great experience. It was a lot of fun. The kiddos weren't there yet. It was a few days before school started. And Chris Friesen was so generous to us. She loved it. She was just so grateful that we were willing to do that, that she invited us back for a pep rally, which they do almost every Friday, I think. think. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that sounds like fun. I'm just thinking we're just going. And she just wanted to point to them and say, hey, they're here. Well, they had the girls run, I get chills just thinking about it, had the girls run through these doors, this, this large doorway, and had them run around the gym where the kids are all lined along the walls, and the kids are screaming, and it was like the most yeah. amazing experience, and I stood in the middle, I videoed it, because I thought, there's no way I can explain this, this yeah. it was just amazing, and the girls, then they came into the center of the gymnasium, and Chris just piled praise on them, made sure the kids knew they did this, don't you dare tear these down, (laughs) kind of thing. And then she had the volleyball girls stand outside their doors as the kids went to classes, so they high-fived them and all that kind of stuff. That felt like the beginning of something pretty cool. But as you probably know, with any type of service opportunity, you kind of have to continue to cultivate it. And so I was talking with them about, okay, what else can we do? And I don't know if you know who Trent Hinton is. He's Mm -hmm. he's incredible. Um, He's the SID, but he's so much more. That's not, that doesn't even begin to encapsulate what he does. And he and I were brainstorming about it. And he said, well, what about? And so we started talking about having them come on campus. What if we could get them to a volleyball game? And Trent was generous enough. He's like, they can come for free and they can get free popcorn when they come. And just tell them their parents can come with them too. Like, as we were talking, I'm thinking, oh man, this is gonna be amazing. And so we started that last fall. We continued it this fall. And this year, Brad Luce came up with a wonderful idea. It's called Adopt a Panther. I've not really published it yet, and I don't know why. Maybe because it's so new. But the idea is that each classroom, first through fifth grade, they have adopted one of our volleyball girls. And then uh, we've got a couple of extra non-volleyball girls, but they're athletes, that they've been adopted by a classroom. So my daughter's classroom, uh, Kendra Mamea, is the volleyball girl, her and Alex Stoyanoff. They go in that classroom and they go, they really get loved on. These kids just love these college girls. They go in and the younger grades, maybe they'll read with them or they'll go play at recess Recess. with them Mm -hmm. or eat lunch with them. And it's really kind of a low committal thing, but it's one of those things that I'm watching these girls go, oh, well, this is pretty great. 
they're taking a lot out of it. Yeah. They are loving it. It's really kind of this idea of service is going to feel good to you too. Mm -hmm. It's not an inconvenience. It's really a blessing. Mm -hmm. And my ultimate goal, and I don't know how to evaluate this on the other side, is that it just becomes a part of who they are, that they want to find ways to reach out to the community. And York Elementary School has just been so gracious in saying, hey, let, let's do this together. Mm -hmm. So It's kind of like a different way of the teammate program kind of works. Sure. But it's just like, you know, one and with, you know, a lot more. Yes. Know? Instead of yes. one on one, you get you get more, which it's is better. Precious. You know, I kind of, oh. I would, I'm envious of that. I think it's that would be so great. It's so beautiful. You know? It's just such a great opportunity. And I do hope it'll grow. Uh, we'll obviously have um, some change in numbers. We'll have some girls that graduate, and then we'll have some new girls. And hopefully what I'm thinking will happen is I have three girls that are not volleyball. There just weren't enough volleyball girls for classrooms. To make it all, yeah. So um, my hope is that as this progresses and word gets out, there will be a couple of others that go, hey, uh, what about this thing? Can I get in on yeah, it? Yeah, some other coaches. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that would, yeah, that, yeah. to kind of help blend that you know York College and the yes. rest of the community and everything like yes. that because you've been here for 16 six, years 16 this, this years was my uh, 16th year um, and yeah and this is just exciting to me because I've always thought that York College and York Nebraska are together but I come to find out that not everybody sees it that way yeah, was, yep so how do we change how that? do we change that yeah. and these how do are we the little them? ways to do that mm -hmm. I think so yeah, anything we can do that because I grew up here, you know, I a New York college and everything like that, but I don't think I came to my first basketball game until I was in like high school or oh, something like goodness. that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so like we need to do a better job, you know, not just in York college, but York, the town of York yeah. needs to do a better job of, you know, embracing everything that is, you know, York college and everything that happened. I was just up at a basketball game. Um Gosh, you played Doan College okay. oh, a fun. couple weeks ago. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, my best friend here in town, Reed Hitz, he's a, um, a Doan alumni. Okay. And so we, that's the reason why we went. We ended up seeing uh, Mike Rush. Mike Rush was there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Andrew Rush was in my graduating class. Yes. And so Andrew was there as well. Okay. And so we got to sit and chat with Andrew. But, you know, we were looking around and it's like, you know, there's a lot of people here and everything, but I don't recognize those York, yeah. those York people. Where are yeah. those York people at and everything? Everyone in here is a York person. Right. But no, you, I'm you, following you. You know what I mean. And so yeah. trying to change that is yeah. something that I think we can do and really help, you know, improve everything and relations yeah. between each other. Well, I think that's an approach that we can take from the college side. But certainly, uh, I think that with, hopefully, with my work in the city through the blessing of this position with the city council, I can do, kind of do it from both sides mm -hmm. because we do not have to be separate and apart. We right. can definitely be one, uh, be a part of one another's lives in a way that can be really mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm. For sure. <laughs> and so that kind of is a nice little segue into our next, you know. What was your reaction to being nominated or being asked to be on the council? You know, had, you probably didn't have any inkling of wanting to do something like that, maybe, or you know, how did that kind of come? Well, I had been in conversations with um, with Bones, and he had told me, you know, I want you to consider one day running, and. It's one of those things that when somebody says it, your first in inclination is no. And, and as I sat on it, it, it kind of stuck with me like, 
could I? And it really felt like one of those moments of, I felt like a little kid. Like seed, let it grow. And that's really what he did. (laughs) And I'll credit Cheryl Mogul, too, because she had in her head, no, you're not saying no to this. This is going to happen. Which, if you know Cheryl Mogul, that's right right in line with her. (laughs) And um, so she kind of got on board with that. And in a lot of ways, it helped me kind of visualize do this Mm -hmm. and there's enough of a passion for York and the connection of my different worlds that it was intriguing parks and rec yes yes Yes. Uh, matter of fact a year and a half ago when conversation had leaked to the public that there may be some cuts to library and York's park and recs Mm -hmm. Um, my kids had been involved with parks and recs now they of course take things to the oh no it's going away kind of thing um, so we talked about, well, how can you be civically minded? How can you do something? So my kids, at that point, they would have been eight and nine. They wrote letters to the city council and to the mayor. And essentially what I did was I went digging through old newspaper clippings that I had where my kids had been captured by the York News Times, and they were doing something with well, parts and rec, yep. almost always. And so I made copies of that, and we took these letters. I made copies of all their letters, all of these newspaper articles, and we took it down to City Hall, and we put it in there for all of the members of the city council and the mayor. And so my thought was, I mean, that was at that point as civically involved. Yep. Like, let's let This that is be. my level of involvement. Yep. I, I can, didn't this know there the was best another I can opportunity. Yep. Mm-hmm. When things began to change, yep, mm-hmm. and uh, it looked like there was going to be movement on the city council, Bone said, "Okay, this is this is the way to do it. This is uh, going to be your yeah, opportunity. This is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you don't, uh, we don't have to worry about waiting. This gets you involved now. You're a good fit." And he said, "Why don't you just kind of work up a letter to the incoming mayor at that point and work up your resume?" Okay, so I'm having to think through all of these things, and I found myself every day getting a little bit more excited about it, which was almost bad because I thought, if this doesn't work, I'm going to be really disappointed now. <laughs> I didn't even know I wanted this. And so I did all that, got in contact with Barry, and I went and met Barry for the very first time down at his office. And I thought I'm going to walk in, and I'm going to go, oh, yeah, I've seen you around. I've never laid eyes on him. <laughs> I didn't know him. And as we talked, I realized, oh, I know why, because we have two completely different circles. Uh, he's got this group of people, uh, these activities that he Country does. Country club, yes. all that kind of stuff. I don't yeah. play golf. I don't even think about <laughs> golf. Yeah. So it, in a lot of ways, I thought, oh, this makes me a stronger applicant, so to speak, mm-hmm. because we do not represent anything similar. And mm-hmm. as I looked at the list of who's on the city council, I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty different. I don't overlap with a lot of these. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There may be a little overlap, um, I think. Uh, Jeff Piper has children that are coming of school age or mm-hmm. are school age. I think Jeff, yeah. That might be about it yeah. as far as our connections mm-hmm. go. And so when I met with him that day, we had a really good conversation. And he was real careful to not get my hopes up. It was just like, thank you for your time. Uh, I've got some things to consider. And so I left going, well, I, I did what I could. I did as best as I could. That's right. Yep. <laughs> and so... Um, he called me probably the following week, and he said, well, what do you think? Do you want to be on the city council? And I was completely taken aback. 
um, because I think I'd started to tell myself, okay, it may not happen. I yeah. need to, I need to be. Don't okay get my hopes this. up. Yes. Yeah. Don't, don't get too upset <laughs> yes. when it doesn't happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when I got that phone call, it felt like a whirlwind. It mm-hmm. just felt like everything started happening at once in a wonderful, exciting way. And so that's kind of how it all happened in a nutshell. But I'm really grateful, of course, to Bones for kind of pushing me, Cheryl, of course. And then for Barry, because he didn't know me. Right. And he's got me on paper, and then he's got me when we meet one another. And in a lot of ways, I think he kind of had to just go on faith, like maybe he had a good feeling about me, mm-hmm. that this this could be a good fit. And in a lot of ways, I have in my head that I want to prove him right, mm-hmm. that he felt... This is a good decision. This is a good decision. Mm-hmm. And because he really, he took a risk on me. He yeah. could have picked somebody that he knew. He had, mm-hmm. that was completely within his his ability. So mm-hmm. I'm really grateful to yeah. that. So how has your time on council kind of been? You know, it's been what now? Almost a year. Has it been a year? Not quite. Okay. I, I came on uh, March, middle of March. Okay. So and eight months almost now. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's been interesting. I've had a couple of people ask me, oh, is it fun? And I always think, I hope they don't think I'm being disrespectful when I say, no, I don't know if fun's the right word, (laughs) but it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. I consider myself both a teacher and a learner, and for me, this has been an amazing learning experience. I'm a passionate person, so when we trip on something that I'm really passionate about, I dig in, I get really excited about it. Uh, For instance, the... Uh, the crosswalk that's over there in front of Holtis. That was one of the things that I had a yes. member from the mm-hmm. community approach me about. And it was one of those aha moments like, oh my goodness, you're so right. right. How have we not? How have we missed this this long? Like, yeah. So um, when when that started rolling, it was sort of this sense of, oh my goodness, I really can do something. Because I think initially I just thought, I, I don't know. I don't know what impact I'm going to have. I'm just going to be another face no. here on the council. No. Yeah. And so while that's one aspect of it, it has opened doors to, you know, we maybe should have this conversation about other intersections, which I don't know that's necessarily this is what I want my impact on the city council to be, but kids are something really important to me. So if this is all I get to do, that's what I'm going to do. Hey, that's one thing accomplished. Absolutely. On to the next thing. Yes. yes. Uh, the budget was certainly something that I felt um, – well, I'll just say dumb about. I have a lot of learning to do. Uh, I've kind of joked about this, and maybe I shouldn't. I'm a historian, and so this is like reading a foreign language. So over summer, since I have break, I went in and met with Pelly and basically said, oh, okay, I showed her the my binder, and I said, uh, explain. <laughs> help me with this. Help yes, me understand and this. she was so gracious with me, took the time to help me with that. Joe has answered a lot of questions, of course, Barry and Bones. I've just been incredibly blessed in that way. Barry appointed me to the finance committee, which, of course, my first right. impulse was, are you <laughs> kidding me? Numbers. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he said, you're going to learn a lot. And I did finally have to, have to confess to him about two months ago, look, I don't like saying this, but you are right. <laughs> it's been a great way to learn about the city of York. Mm-hmm. I know where money's going. I have a better understanding of why it's going to certain things and not to other things. And you know, I learned more about different departments. Uh, it's It's been a very good learning experience. I definitely do not think that I've got it all figured out. But I'm also inquisitive enough that I just keep asking questions until I figure it out. Because your term will come up on 22, right? I think yes, I got bar- almost Barry's entire term. He had just been reelected when right. all that came down. Yeah. So. Perfect. That sounds like, yeah, you've had a great kind of experience thus far. I think far. so. I so, think so. Perfect. We'll jump into our rapid-fire questions here. Um, Favorite restaurant in York County? Do you have a favorite place that you like to go? Um, 
we love Harry's out of McCool. Oh, yes, we love yes. to go out there. We don't as much. Uh, mm-hmm. My son is 11 and has hit that growth spurt that I just about can't afford to feed him. <laughs> so um, we do Eating eat. Eating everything in sight. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he, we never can know. Like, we can um, think... Okay, he's gonna eat too much. We we can't do X, Y, or Z, and then he's like, ah, I'm I'm really not that hungry today. So we just don't ever know. Um, so we don't <laughs> eat out as much as we used to. But however, we love Carrie's. Um, I am I, I'm a Runza girl. Oh, I yes. don't eat the Runzas. So what was yeah? What was your like <laughs> uh, first impression of Runza when you you came to well, Nebraska? I love their fries. Yep. I just love their fries, uh-huh. and so that's never been an issue for me. I do not care for cabbage. Nope. And yeah. so that has always been a deal breaker for Meat me. Cheese uh, yeah. So <laughs> I eat, I love their burgers, but I also really do like their, I get their chicken wrap oh. much more often than I should. Um, <laughs> in that, like, it's, oh, well, I kind of am craving that. So mm-hmm. I do, I, I really do enjoy Runza. And it's it's so affordable that I don't feel like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Another or, day of Runza. Yes. Yeah. I mm-hmm. really, I I, you can, I think my, I eat there almost once a week. So, yeah, almost every Sunday, I, I, I think, think I go. I think if I had a choice, I'd probably eat there at least once a week. Yeah. Just, it, I love their soup. I love their uh, loaded dude, potato soup. Okay. Oh, yeah. My daughter loves the chili and cinnamon rolls. Now, that's not going to ask you. No, what? it's not a thing to sell. <laughs> and so, my daughter is just, she loves it. Uh, yeah. This is so weird, but she loves it. I have not brought myself to try it, which maybe makes me seem close minded. Yeah, weren't we just talking about, you know, know how you I need know, to try something? Yeah. Well, we'll add that to my cultural geography class. Yeah, so. yeah. State of Nebraska. Chili. <laughs> yeah, she loves it, though. And so, this time of year, she'll even tell me, like, I saw a sign. It's time. We yep. need to go. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Because, yeah, I, I talk to friends from around the state all the time about chili and cinnamon rolls and how it's a staple, and they're it, like, yeah. Look at me like I just, you know, said, you know, let's have ice cream and wasabi, you know? It's like. Yeah, it's, it's odd. Although I do love salty and sweet. So I nope. get it on mm-hmm. some level, but I haven't. I love the history behind it. You know, how I it, was, know the history. it was such a cheap, it was inexpensive. You know, people could show up. So the reason why they did chili and cinnamon roll is they could get everything started on the chili. Yeah. And get that going. Yeah. And then they would have enough prep time to do the homemade cinnamon rolls. Brilliant. You know, why, why the stew is everything's all going. They have time to do their And their somehow we've decided that tastes good because right. it was convenient. <laughs> yeah, okay, it was, I love it. It was a simplicity <laughs> thing. And so, uh, is there a favorite memory that you've had, uh, if you've maybe had to like kind of pick something, you know, over the last uh, 16 years while you've been here in New York? Oh, man. I'm sure there's like, oh, you probably have, yeah, I just said yes. favorite, and you probably had, you know, 13 jump into your mind, you know. Is, there really are, because there's so many different levels of it. Uh, the, the story I told you about the volleyball team going back for that pep rally, I, seriously, I, I get chills just thinking about it. And again, I'm not even sure if the girls fully grasp how amazing that was. What kind of impact they had on the, the, the youngsters, yes. yeah. And to me, it was just like, this. it felt like a dream come true. Not that I ever dreamed of a pep rally, not that I ever dreamed of them running, running through the gym, but there was this sense of, we have started a new chapter in service and introducing this concept. So it just felt so amazing getting the African-American history class approved and teaching that, an amazing opportunity. Getting to be on the city council, in some ways, it feels it feels silly to say, like, no, really, I, I'm on the city council. Mm-hmm. And I realize that maybe people around here take that for granted, 
But again, coming from a bigger city to have the opportunity to directly impact what's going on in other people's lives, in my life, in my mm-hmm. children's future, I don't feel like I'd have had that opportunity outside of voting, maybe uh, going Being on some subcommittee yeah, or something like which that. Which I wouldn't even yeah. dream of that either, which right. gives you an idea of how small minded I was about it. And so it's just. It's overwhelming sometimes to think that it's a huge responsibility that I try to think through, how do I make sure to honor this opportunity? How do I make sure to do it in a way that stays true to me, um, but truly does show the respect and the love for York that I have? I, I just hope and pray that that is what I'm doing. I've got about a, oh, I don't even know, maybe an eight block, probably more than that, drive to City Hall when I go down there on uh, Thursday nights, and I usually, I don't turn on my radio, I usually pray that whole way there, okay, God, just use me in a way that's going to glorify the city in a way that truly builds her better, help me to make sure to always be a light for you, because, mm-hmm. I mean, nobody really knows me outside of that or your college. Um, also, the college has given me a couple of cool things. Every other year, I take a group to Washington, D.C. Your college students, I love D.C., Okay. I, I think I've seen that trip you know, yes. quite a few times posted. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's so great. It's so fun. We go for four days over spring break. We do it for like seven hundred dollars or less. They they have to pay for their food, but that covers their. Do you just hotel. get on like a bus or something? No, or we you fly? fly. Oh wow! It's a flight in the hotel, and uh, it is so rewarding because usually about half the group. This past time we took twenty five or more. Why can't I remember that? <laughs> it's finals week, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you got a thousand other things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's always a handful that have never been on an airplane. They've never been to D.C. <laughs> They've never been on a subway. Mm-hmm. So there's this, we do, I program the first day and a half. And then after that, I'm like, go, go find. Because D.C. is actually very walkable. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to get around. And so for me, it's such an opportunity. Yes, I get to kind of share my passion for the history of our country, the love of what we've created here, but also that sense of you need to go be an adult. Mm-hmm. Go figure be it in, out. Yeah, yeah. Learn how to use the train system and you, you know buy it. those little tickets. And, and they have yeah. the hardest time with it, but I'm like, no, no. And by the end, they're like, can we stay another day? No, we're getting on flat. We gotta go. But I, that's been a cool opportunity. And then every summer we do the Presidential Leadership Institute, and they've asked me. I'm, I, I still can't even believe it. Actually, as I'm saying it. They've asked me, I'm a keynote speaker every summer, and I speak about quiet leadership, which does not sound possible as much as I've talked with you today. You just make me very comfortable. (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, And it's truly an honor because these are kids from all over the country that are coming here to kind of learn how do we be leaders, not just in our schools when we go back, but hopefully in the future. And that particular subject is one I'm really passionate about, this idea of you don't have to be the loudest person in the room. Mm -hmm. You can make an incredible difference by who you are, how you carry yourself. When you speak, it carries some weight. And there's always a handful of students in that room that are like, Thank you. I'm listening. Yeah. I needed yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Because I think we live in an extrovert society that tells us, well, you're, you're too shy. Mm-hmm. You can't do this. Uh, the truth of the matter is I'm an introvert. I can turn it on. Right. During the school year, I'm on. Uh, I kind of joke that during especially like May and early June, if I see pe- like 
people from the college, I almost kind of like die. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm a terrible person. I see you nine months a year. I just like, you know. There's, it's almost like I need a little bit of a, a breather. And um, so I do feel very connected to that. And it's just such a cool opportunity that the school's given me. It's also given me the opportunity to meet Mary Eisenhower. Um, this is the granddaughter of President Eisenhower, and she and I have become friends. Oh Every time she refers to me that way, I'm, I kind of do the whole like pinch myself. Is this real? She like, just me a friend. <laughs> and um, a few weeks ago, she commented on one of my things on Facebook, and I screenshot it. I'm just that silly, <laughs> like, oh my goodness, Mary Eisenhower commented on my she, picture. <laughs> it's great though, because I, I mean, so where else would she, I have that opportunity? Mm-hmm. No else it's right. just amazing and she has shared with me some hysterical personal lovely family stories some of them I cannot repeat on the air <laughs> she gets really comfortable really quick and it's just so cool to kind of have that sense of somebody who I'm interested in historically professionally that they have this other personal side as granddad she called him granddad and so to get Oh my goodness, he was a You're real getting person. firsthand yes, real so knowledge. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, your your listeners can't hear me put my hands on my face. <laughs> it just it's so cool. So no, I don't have a favorite, but I have a lot of really cool moments here Definitely. that wouldn't have happened anywhere else. Is there any um, like maybe like a favorite event that you look forward to, whether it be like the York County Fair or York Fest or Sip and Stroll, or do you get out to uh, like any of the community days, whether it's um, uh, Waco has their community days or um, over in Bradshaw or anything like that. What we type? we mark off the calendar for York Fest. Mm-hmm. We do as much of that as possible. Uh, this year, I talked the volleyball team into doing the hospital bed race. Oh, yeah. They won. Oh. Yeah. So exciting. Um, and they had the best time. And again, for me, that was just a really cool little opportunity to support the chamber, to support an event mm-hmm. that I love, mm-hmm. but to kind of, again, connect these girls otherwise get them out in front yes. yes they had the best time one of the girls is supposed to graduate in December and she was like oh you better believe I will be doing this again next year <laughs> it was so much fun mm-hmm. and the York News Times caught a couple of great pictures of that look of pure horror and joy all at the same moment because the girl that was telling me I'm definitely doing this next year was the girl that rode and terrifying yes, she said, I don't know if you can see my knuckles but Just they were white, white. yeah <laughs> And that just was so great. But I love the work that the Chamber puts into mm-hmm. York Fest. The amount of time. I mean, you guys, as soon as it's over, you guys are starting the next process. Start planning. It's yep. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Uh, Cooper this year did the Entrepreneur Camp. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love i never seen yeah, him ESI before. Camp. Yeah, yeah. So he, that that. he yeah, loves that. that. And to see him tap into a part of his personality that really had not been captured before was really neat. Uh, my daughter, who's just 13 months behind him, she's already dreaming of, oh, I hope I can get in. I want to do it, mm-hmm. which is so neat that y'all created something that people just want. Want to be part of. They yes. want to be a part of it. And she's been talking about this since ESI. <laughs> But that's really exciting for me. I'm just so grateful. I, I feel We're like that so fortunate to have oh. so many people that are willing to give to the community. Yes. There's so many different community liver leaders that yes. don't have to give time, they but invest. choose to. Oh. Whether it's Cornerstone Bank, yes. Midwest Bank, oh. York State Bank, or any of the... It's amazing um, to yeah, think about. Yeah, any of the people at the real estate agencies, yes. yeah, they're always... It's amazing. Yeah. 
It's we're, amazing. We're I can't so begin lucky. to. No. Yeah. Again, I think, would this happen somewhere else? I don't think it would, mm-hmm. which again kind of reinforces that idea that York is special on so many levels. Mm-hmm. And we've an opportunity, all these different things that have happened for us. I really do think it, it's York. Mm-hmm. It's the magic of York, and it just wouldn't have happened anywhere else. And I'm grateful to not just be here, but to be given all the opportunities to give back, which mm-hmm. I definitely see City Council as my opportunity to give back. Um, and I really enjoy having that opportunity. And I, I just, I love the city. I appreciate the college, obviously, for my job, but I actually had a conversation. I went to the Young Professionals meeting. Yes, you were Lattes of Leaders. Yes, yes, I did that. And someone asked me about the college. They, they ask it much more eloquently than I'm about to say it. But kind of like, what's the college hoping to get out of you being on city council? And I stopped and I said, nothing. No one, administration-wise, no one has... Approached you about nothing. anything. And it was sort of one of these, oh, wait a minute. That's pretty surprising. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but just... So I actually emailed the president, and I said, by the way, this realization hit me today, and this is why, and I just wanted to say thank you. And his response was, it never would have dawned on me. Mm-hmm. That may be legit, and there may be a time that he comes and he says, look, I know somebody on the city council. Can you kind of help or whatever? But it's never been an issue, and that's, yeah. that's pretty – incredible. It yeah. is really incredible. So I just I, – I can't say anything bad. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm – this sunshine and rainbows right now but it's legit it really is how i feel so well that's awesome yeah well, well thank you for taking time today thank to sit you. down with me and, and talk about all this and, yeah. and learn a little bit more and so hopefully uh, more people in the community get to know a little bit more about you and, <laughs> and everything like that so thank you again for this is 17 county a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.